going to change. Regal Cinemas is one of those. Alamo Draft House Cinemas. They're also going to return this weekend, but we are talking about limited openings uh, when you consider the number of theaters that are available. Uh, Tom, uh, currently, roughly 1,400, 1,400 of the 6,000 venues in North America are open. That's about 25%, based on my right. quick math in my head. And, of course, the question long range is, are they going to, is enough cash going to flow uh, to to uh, allow the theaters to stay open? And what kind of business model are they going to have to follow should the, 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 the coronavirus epidemic ever end? And another thing that you, you, I think, are going to have to talk about is the movies that are involved in this, some which uh, can be shown or that their owners have chosen to exhibit or not exhibit, and this has something to do with the fate of the theaters, too. Well, Tom, there's a lot of moving parts to this, and we're going to talk about some of the bigger ones, but uh, one thing impacts on another, which is sort of gives us the answers to at least sort of on the surface to some of the questions we might ask. I will say that from what I can tell, this is going to be a key moment as they reopen this weekend that uh, the theaters and themselves, the physical locations where you go to see the movies, and the film industry at large, this is a key moment for both of them. Uh, the next few weeks and months will give us an idea if the movie in the industry, the movie theater industry, excuse me, can bounce back from what has been a very difficult time, and uh, it's going, it's going to have to bounce back because it's in a place now where it's lost uh, a lot of money, and uh, some independent art house type theaters have closed permanently, and others are just simply not going to be able to come back the way that they they were. Uh, I do think Tom, and we can talk about this as little or as much as you wish. I do think there will always be people who will want to go see movies. And I was thinking about an analogy for this, and the analogy I can give you is that even though you can have any kind of music you want on the top level of sound quality, there are still people who prefer to hear it on vinyl. Exactly. And can I, can I do one thing to you is to rewind the tape just a little bit in that... You may rewind it anywhere you wish, Tom. Uh, okay. We're, we're talking about the effect uh, right now at this particular point in this conversation of the uh, the virus's uh, effect on movies. Uh, uh, but before that, the, the movies, theaters, the brick-and-mortar theaters were already in a little bit of trouble because of the changing technology and the changing way. I, I remember the time that you said to me, uh, Tom, I, you need to help me figure out how to play some CDs in my car. And I went to an engineer who's a friend of mine, and he said, Tom, you, you and Stephen are already two, two levels behind the technology because people don't play CDs in their car anymore. They were playing, what am I, uh, what am I thinking, uh, smart tube phones or something like that. Uh, the, the technology was, was way past where we already were. And movies are being delivered lots of different ways now, not necessarily just like DVDs or something, which I would know about, but other things that you would know about. Well, Tom, you, you, you hit upon something which is one of those moving parts I mentioned earlier, and that is that there are, um, I'm going to use the term platforms, or just use it a couple of different ways, but if you wanted to see a movie, uh, you can see it now in a theater, 
or you can see it on demand uh, at, in your home on television through a streaming service. Most of the large producers of movies, we're talking Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal, Sony, have their own streaming services, and they can release those movies that they choose to the streaming services, and you can watch them in that context. If that's the choice of the majority of the movie-going public, then the movie house, as we know it, is a thing of the past. Uh, something that uh, it seems like to me was the case for a long time is uh, a big studio would make a movie, and then it would put it on the market. I don't understand all the, the wheels and cogs and that stuff in this, but the, the theater, typically a movie when it was released, like Star Wars or The Sound of Music or something, was in the theaters for a certain amount of time before it was exposed to sale or uh, in other forms of technology. Is that not the case? No, that is the case. Uh, movie going changed a great deal in the 1970s, and uh, I was thinking to myself the other day that if I was watching television in the 1970s, which I was, Tom, I would often watch a movie on television that had been in the theaters, if they were ever in the theaters, about 30 or 40 years previous. So if you were looking at that in terms of today's uh, movie, um, you would be looking at something that 40 years ago on television. But that has changed drastically. Uh, a couple of things that you mentioned. Um, the amount of time that a movie stays in a theater changed about the mid-1970s with the advent of the blockbuster movie. The movies became an event of the summer or of Christmas, and they were targeted for peak seasons, and they were targeted for not just a limited number of theater sites, in other words, screens, but a large number over a, a region or a country or a district. And the movie that started all this was the movie Jaws, which we've talked about a lot. But it became the way of releasing it, and you... If you had a blockbuster movie, you released it, and your idea was is that it was going to be making movie money for you at maybe as much as six or seven weeks after its release. That's different than it was when you were watching it, Tom, where they changed it about every, what, every two weeks? Probably so. And let me say one thing, and this will be a, uh, a cue, uh, a tease across the break. And at the same time that this was happening, the, the very place where the movie was being shown, the movie house, was changing. Uh, I used to step up and buy my ticket, and there was one screen back there somewhere. And eventually, uh, you got the the multiplex. Uh, and I can remember in, in Cameron Village, there used to be a theater called the Village Theater. And what they did, I don't know if you remember, Stephen, or it occurred when you happened, what they did was cut the theater in half. And uh, you had a long, thin theater, but then you could, the person who sold you a ticket could sell you a ticket to left theater or right theater. Uh, but it, it, it became even more efficient than that. And let's talk about that a little bit, too. But we've got, obviously, a lot of moving parts, as you said. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. We're talking about the future of the movie house, uh, the thing that uh, that has become a part of our culture since uh, about 120 years ago. And uh, it is has threatened by technology, by economics, and by disease. Stephen Kearney, who knows about all of those things, is our guest tonight. We'll be back with him in just a couple of minutes. Remember to make sure you get one of your, your pants or your...
Punches on the 3FM band to 98.5, so you can listen to WPTF there if you're in the appropriate place. Tom Kearney here tonight, along with Stephen Kearney, who is a frequent visitor to our program over the last 25 years. And one of the things that Stephen has always been interested in is entertainment and the entertainment industry. And I have been interested in a list, but I found that I can usually ask him about things and he knows the answer. And I was reading in the newspaper about AMC reopening their theaters today. And Stephen, by the way, I read that Cinemark, I think it was, was going to reopen some theaters tomorrow. Uh, to not not their complete schedule, just as AMC was not. And a lot of this doesn't affect North Carolina because our regulations are still in effect that don't, I don't believe, uh, allow theaters to open it. Am I not right about that? I think that's right, Tom. Uh, another state that's sort of along those lines is the state of New York. And uh, there, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo has indicated that the gyms up there can reopen. Uh, but the movie theaters in New York State will be closed, and I think that uh, North Carolina is even more conservative than that. Um, and, and I just don't think they're going to be opening them. And so you're, this is, again, one of those moving parts is that the government is involved in telling the local movie houses of whatever nature whether they can open or not. Well, I do know that one thing, and we don't need to, 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 to start sparring, <laughs> You know, I'm pulling your leg, but Governor Cuomo, I think New York has had a fairly good record in suppressing this, the uh, 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 Cornova, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to say that word right tonight, virus. Uh, the COVID-19 virus. Yeah, they've had a they've had a pretty good record at, at dealing with it, where some other states haven't. And so, uh, and that's, you know, surprising in a way, given the number of people and in the urban situations that, that they're dealing with. But anyway, congratulations to them along those lines. But you were, uh, I think, uh, talking about the the arrival in, the, I think, the mid-1970s of the, the summer uh, blockbuster. That before that, I think, summer was kind of regarded as a throwaway time and uh, uh, with regard to movies. You, you showed the movies that you didn't expect to, to make big bucks, but then they showed uh, Jaws and it made big bucks and, and a little light bulb went on in the studio head's office uh, along the way. Well, and, and one of the things, Tom, that uh, that we may mention here is that back in the beginning, people went to the movies to get cool in the South because that's where the air conditioning was. Um, I, can, I can remember walking by the Carolina Theater in Goldsboro, and it was, there was a little sign in the, in the area where they put the display posters. Right. And uh, it said, uh, something like 20 degrees cooler inside, and it was 20 degrees cooler inside. And I spent a good bit of my early life. Uh, I don't think you knew it until recently, but we, one of our next door neighbors at one time, was the guy who took tickets at that theater. And you know what that meant? It meant that Tom got to sneak in any time he he wanted to. Uh, well, well, Tom, as you will remember, the the movie the movie theater began to change in the 70s in another way too, and that is that. Uh, and you can look at Goldsboro, our hometown, as a way of, of, of illustrating that. The movie theater, as it began, was a hardback seat with a softer cushion for your your uh, your buttocks and your legs. Um, around uh, the early to mid-70s, we got, uh, in Goldsboro at least, we got the rocking chair theater, Tom, where the theater, the seats would rock back like you were sitting in a rocker. Uh, eventually, this would lead us to where we are now, where... Uh, you're practically sitting in a sofa, 
you can have uh, a beer there. You can have your um, meal delivered to you there. You can eat a meal. It's kind of like going to the dinner theater, Tom. You you can eat and watch the movies and basically sit in a modified sofa. Uh, all of that, though, was in response to trying to get people to come to the theater. You know, things that we're not spending a lot of time on because we don't have the time is the idea that along the way we got the VCR, Tom, in which well, let's, uh, let's go back and we got HBO and we got Showtime. Right. And, and what happened is instead of there being a long period of time between the time the, the movie was in the theater and the time you could see it in your home, it began to be shorter and shorter in which first-run movies that you saw in the 2018 are now being seen on television regularly. Now it's not it's not 40 years anymore, Tom. Yeah, you know, well, something that uh, in in my generation and earlier, the movies made uh, their debut somewhere in Hollywood or New York or Detroit, depending, and then they made the circuit around the country, and uh, you went to see them whenever they got to your town. Now, I think in your generation, which is about one behind mine, uh, a lot of uh, Movies opened across the country, for instance, at one time, and they opened in uh, kind of a, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, uh, debut situation, you know, and, and, pe- and people your generation were ready, like the people in uh, the Big Bang Theory, to stand and wait for hours to get to see the new issue of Star Wars or the new thing of... Uh, of, uh, well, whatever the movie was that people liked, uh, the, the Matrix or, or whatever. Um, that that kind of thing did not take place, but then I guess this was because the, the movie, the locus of the movie theater, for the most part, had moved to the shopping center. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that last part. Say that again, please. The, the, the locus of the movie theater, theater or theaters, the multiplex theaters, had moved to the shopping center. Well, they did, and that's along with the idea that uh, some of your extremely large shopping centers or malls would have a theater that would have 22 screens. And uh, you know, this is when going to the theater was, it was in its heyday. But, uh, you know, just about anything you can get, Tom, you can get too much of. And uh, if you keep chewing at the golden the egg that's uh, been laid by uh, the goose, you're eventually going to eat it up so that there are no profits. And you have to keep trying more and more things, which is where we get the sofas and the beer and the, you know, the nachos brought to your table while you watch the new Back to the Future movie. Uh, the small art house movies are, cannot, have not been able to hold up against that. And as a result, they've had to close uh, many of them permanently, Tom. But at the same time, it seems, and this has to be it for right now because it's time for us to check the news, some of those have found their niche. You know, you can, uh, uh, you can. what is the, the Friday night movie that everybody wants to, to see? Uh, Your Rocky Horror. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, they, and, and, uh, and art house movies, they're the ones you can tell there because they're the ones that still have the hard backs and the hard seats when you go in and sit down. We need to stop, Stephen. Stephen Kearney is talking with us about the future of the movie theater and movies in the movie theater. We'll be back. 932 WTF Radio. Well, uh, let's see, it's Thursday night, and I believe it's uh, August the 18th. I'm Tom Kearney. 
Stephen Kearney, our guest, who's talking with us about the future, the present existence and the future of the brick-and-mortar movie theater is with us. Before we go back to Stephen, though, we need to go downtown in Raleigh and visit some of our friends at King's Auto Service. When servicing your car, you need to know the cycle of services for your car. The cycle of services are those that begin the month that you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those using synthetic oil and driving limited miles, such as myself, you may want to go months past the normal service based on those miles and will need to schedule your service two or three times a year independently of the cycle. During your service, Kings will check wipers, belts, tires, and transmission levels. For those of you currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would charge to replace it. This replacement usually occurs at about 150,000 miles. Call King's tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube, along with the state certified inspection station, are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. And I can recommend it wholeheartedly. We're talking about movies and movie theaters, the places that you go to see the movies. Uh, Stephen, uh, uh, I keep getting in your way tonight, and you've got a lot of moving parts that you need to talk about. But I guess one thing uh, that that you might want to talk about, though, considering the reopening of the theater chain of AMC and others, is the the movies that were expected to come out this summer that have been manipulated so that they can be shown or not shown at different times and may end up not being shown in a movie theater at all. Well, Tom, uh, there's one, at least one that's almost going to have to be uh, in the movie theaters, and that's the movie Tenet. Um, right now, as we sit here tonight, and it could change by 8 a.m. tomorrow, it could change overnight, uh, these are the movies that are most likely to actually go to a movie theater location. Uh, the movie Unhinged has already opened in 25 different countries. It has not opened in the United States yet. It's been number one in, in the box office in many countries, such as the United Kingdom, Germany, and Australia. It is going to be opening probably very first. And it's not a big movie, but it is a, a movie that was made by a theater, and it's going to uh, appear and, and be presented in a movie theater. It stars Russell Crowe. It's about a... It's a road rage movie, Tom, about a woman who honks and passes Russell Crowe to traffic stops, and he then hunts her down. So you can see it has an interesting aspect to it. Uh, Disney is going to uh, uh, put uh, the movie Mulan. It is a live-action presentation of a previously released uh, animated film, and it's been moved back, I think, at least three times, Tom. And uh, it is supposed to be out between now and I think it's uh, September 4th or or so when it's going to be out. Um, There's a movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is a a sequel to another sequel to an original starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. The other two movies were out in 
the 80s and 90s, and they sort of have a cult following, it's going to be out on August 28th, uh, also in the movie theaters. The one, though, that everybody is going to be keeping an eye on is a movie called Tenet, uh, T-E-N-E-T, which is a spy movie about an organization that is, makes efforts to prevent World War III from happening. It's directed and written by Christopher Nolan, who did the Batman films, uh, Dark Knight films, that were out uh, some years ago, as well as the movie Inception. Uh, this movie, Tom, cost 200 to $225 million to make, and so it has to go to the theaters to even have a chance of making the money back that it took to make the money and make the movie in the first place. Now, we know, uh, I guess, sort of what the situation is with regard to the opening or not opening of the theaters in America, for instance. Uh, North Carolina, if you I don't think you can go to a movie theater. You uh, live in a place that you're pretty close to a state line. What about on the other side of that state line? Can people go to movies? Well, I think they, they can, Tom. Uh, the the Certain areas are more relaxed than North Carolina is. There's, I'm not an expert on, on the COVID response, and that's not what we're talking about tonight. Right. But North Carolina has been largely conservative, and I, I tend to think that that was a good idea, but that's just my opinion. But South Carolina through Georgia and then down to Florida, which is a real hot spot for, for the COVID pandemic, uh, they have much more relaxed uh, rules concerning just about everything, Tom. Uh, the first things I saw were that the South Carolina beaches and hotels were open, but nobody was really doing anything. I think that's changed a lot now. Uh, Florida has uh, probably, in some instances, Tom, never really closed, if you will. Uh, well, so I, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, that's all right. I, I, I think you're going to be able to go see those movies more readily if they're there. Uh, one of the moving parts we haven't mentioned, Tom, is, is that the movie makers, the studios, uh, have stopped production back around the, the mid-March era because of the COVID pandemic. And there simply aren't that many films, blockbusters, to be released to the theaters. They, they would like to have them, even if they're going to open, but there's not a lot of product to put out in theaters. And some theaters are resorting to running older movies, such as the movie Inception, which is think about eight years old, and the movie Black Panther, which is about two or three years old, they're showing them at reduced rates. And now, Tom, one thing that uh, we ought to mention about AMC is that they have indicated that on day one of their reopening, it's only 100 theaters, that they were going to charge 15 cents on day one to see a movie. They're doing what they can, Tom, to try to get people to come back. Well, something that I think I read in trying to prepare to to, to talk with you tonight uh, was that uh, I think it was either Cinemart or maybe it was AMC, but th they were going to be running uh, sort of the second echelon of movies, movies that were already historic. But uh, well, Back to the Future would be one, but ones that had been had a great deal of popularity to try to lure people back in uh, to the theaters uh, where the the product, the new, the new product, perhaps did not exist or there was not enough of it. Well, and Tom, there's a big question with all that, and, and this is sort of what we're talking about, and this may be the point to bring it up, or it may not, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up here, and that is the question, whatever's in the theater, whatever's being shown for whatever reason, if it's something that was delayed 
or an old movie like Back to the Future or what have you, the question that faces the movie theater and the movie goer is, is it safe to go? Okay, hold on. Well, uh, in that same article I read, that the, the, the big dog at whichever, it was AMC or Cinemark or something, said, whatever the law is, we're going to do it. You know, we, 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 because apparently the reporter had asked him if he was going to wear a mask and were they going to do this or that. And he said, whatever they, whatever the, the going law rule is, we're going to do it. And uh, uh, but, but still, you've got to overcome, I guess, as you were seeming to indicate, uh, the, the whole question that might, might make a person wonder about going to the movie. Yeah, the theaters are, are not just entertaining now. They must convey to the moviegoer, the person that's getting ready to get up off the couch and walk out and see a movie, they must convey that there's a sense of safety and cleanliness in their theater. You mentioned a AMC. They're requiring all guests to wear a mask, and it's under what they call a safe and clean initiative. Theater capacity will be capped, meaning they're, they're, going to not allow only a, they're only going to allow a certain number of people in there. And ventilation systems in the physical locations, the brick-and-mortar places, was your term, they're going to be upgraded. Uh, whether or not this gives the moviegoers movie a sense of security, who knows, Tom? Are they going to be able to sell enough tickets to get the, to get the money moving again, though? That, that, that's what I'm not real sure of, because, you know... Well, uh, one of the ways of, of looking at it, the possible, we don't know the answer tonight. We might have visited this again in three or four months, Tom, but the Canadian theaters have already reopened, and they're showing some of the movies that are hitting the U.S. in whatever fashion, and uh, the attendance has been, the quote that I saw was tepid, so uh, not really hot. And it's going to take some, it sounds like there's, a, there's some inertia built up. That's a word I love because it can mean two things, unable to stop something or unable to get it going again. And uh, One of the things that we also ought to mention, Ty, you're right, that's happening. Um you know, if I can sit at home and I can pay $7 or $5 or whatever the cost is and never leave my couch, because the the figures tend to match up, Tom, that the cost for getting a first-run movie on the streaming service in your house is roughly the equivalent of getting up and going to the theater. That's just a movie price, okay? Uh, so do you want to do that, the effort to go there, to wear a mask, to sit at low capacity, to hope that the ventilation system has been upgraded. In other words, you want to take the risk and pay the money. What, what, but, if, it, what if it is a cultural or social event that you're going to, though, or maybe it's your first date? Well, uh, this is why this is such a, a, um, a seminal moment, watershed moment in time in that American entertainment measures the way America entertains itself, uh, where the United States entertains itself, may be changing now. Um, you and I could talk for hours about this, but just to throw it out there, will sports ever be the same? Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to watch baseball and finding that I don't care. Uh, the, the one thing we need to mention here, Tom, and I do want to mention so that we cover all of this, but Money is also very tight for the movie-going person. A lot of people have lost their jobs due to the pandemic, and the disposable income that they have is not as there's not as much as much of it as before. And you have to decide where, really where 
you want to spend your money. Do you want to go to a movie? And before so, before the pandemic hit, uh, the, I, I don't want to say though because I don't mean though. I don't mean but the uh, new uh, streaming sources, the, the phenomena that I guess we can trace back to Netflix is, is, is its strength. Uh, had already built up, and then Disney has its own channel now. I think Amazon has one, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those are, and, and you, what you're saying to me is, for the same amount of money, I could see a movie at the at the brick and mortar theater. Yeah, I can see. Well, Disney may let me watch their their newest movie. The Disney, the Disney people historically have always been kind of tight about letting their movies out, and and, and very very controlling of when they. I let them go going back even to the 1940s and so on. But uh, uh, well, if you if you got the money to go, do you actually go? Given uh, the restrictions and the risk, and this, and we don't know the answer to that. I'd like to be able to tell you tonight that that that's going, that things are going to get better. But I can't say that that's the case. Even though I do believe, Tom, there will always be people that want to go to a movie theater to see a movie. Oh, there, there will no, no. There, that in the in the whole entertainment industry and a whole lot of American culture is changing fast now. But the one thing I think I can say is there will always be radio stations, there will always be over-the-air TV stations, and there will always be movie theaters. Uh, I, mean, I believe that's true. And your date night may or may not include any one of those. Right, exactly. We're talking about movie theaters and. Uh, fact that uh, the largest chain in the United States, I think AMC, is going to try to reopen its theaters. I think you said a, about 100 of them today, Stephen, and was That's there right. a blockbuster uh, listed on, on what they were going to be running today? Uh, there is The one that's coming out first is this unhinged movie. It is not a blockbuster. The blockbuster tenant is not going to be due out until Labor Day weekend which is about, what, two weeks from where we are now. So you're not going to see the first real big blockbuster until then, and that's going to be a real test. You know, it costs 220, 200 to $225 to make. Is it going to be able to make its money back given the current circumstances? Another one of those things that you thought it would always be at least some variant of the thing that it was, but which in fact may be changing rapidly enough that it, it won't be recognizable when we come out of the other end of this, quote, tunnel, end quote. We'll be back with Stephen Kearney in just a couple of minutes. Monday night is the trivia night, and I think we're going to have musical trivia again, so we hope you'll join us for that. And Monday night, uh, uh, musician extraordinary Joe Newberry, who has had a Play a little bluegrass will be our guest, so we'll, we'll have a fun, fun with that. We haven't talked to Joe for a long time. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. He has been our trivia expert for radio and television and history and a lot of other things. And uh, I was kind of curious about what was going to happen to the theaters if they did not survive the the, the economic stress of what they're going through now, the brick-and-mortar theaters. and it's one of my favorite experiences, particularly in the first half of my life, was to go to the movies. Uh, I saw we would call Stephen and ask him to come by and talk with us, and he asked tonight, Stephen, I kept getting in your way tonight, but we've got about three or four minutes left. Is there anything that you, any point that you wanted to make that you didn't get to make? No, no, I think I made the points I wanted to make. Well, it's, uh, I like to be able to tell our listening audience with some definitiveness about what's going to happen to the movie theaters. I think they will always exist, Tom. But I do believe that the way we enjoy motion pictures 
is changing. It's not, maybe not changing because of the advent of the VCR or the Blu-ray or what have you, uh, but it is changing because of, of a pandemic. And this is sometimes how we go to the next level of whatever time is. It takes a world event to change things. A lot of times something catastrophic, particularly like a war or something, makes a process that was ongoing already speed up and the technology changes quickly. I just keep having, uh, you know, I mentioned I had a couple of earwigs about this, and there used to be a song uh, when I was a real young kid uh, written by a guy from uh, from Durham whose name was John D. Loudermilk. Uh, he, he oh, I think he passed away two or three years ago, but he, he recorded a few songs as Johnny D., and uh, one of them was called Just Sitting in the Balcony. And I have a feeling we, we what you're telling me is that we're not going to be sitting in the balcony uh, necessarily anymore. Or if we are, the, the, the guy with the flashlights are going to come by and show us our, our way into our seats or, or something like that. And uh, we're going to have people sitting next to us. I said, I was going to say popcorn, but you said we, we can get nachos. If that's true, I may, may go back to the movie theaters. Well, Tom, I think what's going to happen, and, and things just change, Tom. Change is the one thing we, we know is going to be uh, consistent, but I suspect that what you're talking about is, is something that will uh, remain simply in memory. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, we do a lot of programs. I do a lot of programs that have to do with nostalgia, and one of the nostalgic things is, is going to the movies. Uh, and, uh, you you know, you and I have talked about going to the movies uh, on Saturday morning, you know, and the, the, uh, the cartoon, the continuing picture, which is what we used to call the serial and, and those kinds of things. That's an experience that is no longer available. And if you talk about it in a certain way, the anybody much younger than us has no idea what we're, in fact, talking about. Yet, I guess that leaves a little room for the history teachers, doesn't it, uh, well, Tom, it used to be that also the movie theater was something of a babysitter or daycare. Uh, you went there at 1 o'clock, you paid, and you just sat there. Well, I spent many days. Your, your mother would let me go to movies. I, I, I wasn't fighting it. I used to like to watch Jungle Jim and Tarzan and, and uh, cowboy movies. And the Carolina Theater in Goldsboro had all of those. And it was, as you said earlier, 20 degrees cooler inside. And I think it cost nine cents to get in if you couldn't if your if your next door neighbor wasn't there to uh, let you sneak in on the side. Stephen, thank you for being with us tonight. I I want to hear from you. Uh, as John may have told you after the program is over, we're going to sign off now because we are going to hear from uh, the Democratic National Convention coming up on WPTF Radio.